about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this program. This program is called All In With The Lord. And uh, there's a lot of things today that we're all in with. We get all in with our lives, our daily lives, and we're totally into it. But never, ever forget being all in with the Lord. And we gather together here once a week to talk about different aspects of that and how we might do a little better job of being all in with the Lord. On today's program, I want to talk about something that I think can be very much overlooked on a daily basis, and yet it's the most, one of the most important aspects of our faith, and that is the power of prayer. I know a lot of people um, don't understand how prayer works. They, they do pray. There's a lot of people who pray religiously, pray. Uh, and we all pray differently. Uh, there are some faiths that teach certain methods of prayer, certain ways to pray. But I guess before we even talk about that, we should talk about, do you believe prayer works? And if you don't, well, do you pr still pray and don't believe it works? Or are you praying out of desperation because there's nothing else left to do and hoping that it works? So I guess the question is, in your mind, does prayer work for you? And if not, how can we improve on actually seeing the results of that prayer in our lives? How do we get better at praying? Um, there are different kinds of prayer. You know, there are prayers of petition. There are prayers where we are just desperate, I guess you would say. We're petitioning God, right? And at those different kinds of prayer that we intercessory prayer, where, where we pray for others, we're interceding for them. That's a, that's a big one. Um, and how does prayer get from point A to point B? Okay, I'll give you an example of that before I start reading scriptures here. And uh, yesterday, uh, I was at a restaurant with some friends, and, you know, uh, we were just getting ready to eat our meal, and uh, it had just been served, the waitress uh, brought it to us, and she was standing there. I, I didn't see her standing there when I said to my friends, uh, can we pray over the food? And and I looked up, and she was kind of waiting now because I had said, let's pray. And I said to her, I said, hey, we're going to pray now over our food. Is there anything you'd like prayer for? And she said, yeah, I'd like prayer for my sister, um, who's in a whole different state. And she gave us her name. I said, would you give us your, her name? And you say, well, how, do, how can that work? How can you pray for someone in a whole different state you know, and expect that something's going to happen? Or was it just that you wanted her attention when you said that? And she got tears in her eyes because something health-wise with her sister uh, was going on. And I said, well, we're going we're gonna to pray for her right now. And, um, and she said, thank you. And so we did. 
And we prayed for her by name and asked the Lord to direct our prayers to her in the town and city that she is in. Now, do you believe, my question is, do you believe that prayer had an effect on that woman? I know it had an effect on the server because the woman who was doing the serving got all welled up because there's something very, very important going on in her life. It has to do with her sister. So how does that prayer actually do anything? Well, first of all, the people praying have to believe that their prayer works. The more you are a believer, the more you are um, convinced that prayer works, because you get yourself to the point where you've seen it work enough times, then when you direct that prayer, you send it. You are sending the prayer. Father, we thank you that so-and-so is totally being restored and healed in the mighty name of Jesus, right? And how does that affect that person? How does it get there? Well, you've heard me talk before about frequencies and about how everything vibrates at a frequency. It's called quantum physics. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is a, is a channel by which frequency can travel. And it is a sacred, protected, encrypted, uh, wonderfully made communication tool that gets your prayer from one point to another when you direct your prayer and, using God's Word, send it to a specific destination. And I totally believe and know that now we have sent a healing frequency. Everything operates at different frequencies. Healing has a frequency. So there's different kinds of healing with different variations of frequency. Now, God knows what they are. And when we pray to Him in the name of Jesus, He knows which healing frequency to send to the recipient. Today, there is science that backs all this. It's called biofeedback. But beyond that, this existed because God creates it and created it to exist. And as people who know how to pray, we can do biofeedback. We can send a frequency of healing to that person. Do you know that when you pray? Are you aware of all the instruments that are working on your behalf to deliver a prayer to someone? If you did, you'd treat it a lot more seriously, not just when you're desperate or they're desperate, but you'd pray in advance so that people don't get sick and don't need desperate prayers and don't run out of money. Our job as Christians is to demonstrate the Word, preach the Word, teach the Word, live the Word, show it how it works. So here we are. <clears throat> Does prayer work? Why do some people have prayer failure? 
We had a show on that not too long ago. Well, here in Mark 11, verse 15 through 17, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts, the temple courts, and began driving out those who were buying and selling in there. They, they had made a real merchant fair out of the temple, which is the church, which is where you were supposed to go to worship. And it became a real marketing thing. I mean, they were buying and selling as if it was the mall. They created a mall, right? He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Now, could you imagine Jesus standing in there going, uh-uh, you're not carrying anything here. You're not moving. Does that sound like the Jesus we all know? He's pretty worked up. He's literally interfering in them doing business in church, in the worship center. And as he taught, and as he taught them, so he, he regularly went to the temple to teach. But now he started to overturn tables. He was getting out of control. He wasn't out of control, but he was acting to others like he was. And as he taught them, he said, it's not, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, all nations. But you have made it a den of thieves. So church or the temple is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. That's correct. A house of prayer. So, every church should be a house of prayer, and that prayer should be very focused on all the things going on in the world, in our country, in our state, in our town, in our lives, and with those around us. And when we go to church, when you go to church, you should go prepared to pray for people that all week long who you have run into that need prayer. And you might even want to get a special notebook. And as you talk to people, say, hey, listen, when I go to church on Sunday or Saturday or Friday or whenever you go, I want to be praying specifically for people. Can you, do you need anything prayed for? Wouldn't that be a really, a, a neat blessing to have a prayer notebook? Now we know in the book of Habakkuk and other places, it says to write down your request. Well, that people ask us to pray all week in a notebook, and we take it with us to church and lay hands on it and pray the whole time you're there for those people. A house of prayer. Jesus wouldn't have said it's supposed to be a house of prayer. God wouldn't have said it if prayer didn't matter, if it didn't make a difference. Prayer matters. Prayer makes a difference. Let's continue on. Here in Ephesians, we all know the book of Ephesians 6. I'm going to read 10 through 18. And it says, finally here, be strong in the Lord and 
His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So we know the devil has schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the person. It's not an argument. It's not a debate. It's not if you win it or not. That's not your that's not your struggle. It's not against authorities who tell you the, the laws. It's not against, it's, it, it's, it, I'm sorry, I, I, I jumped ahead here. It's, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places, in heavenly realms. So there are spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, that when the day of evil comes, you can stand firm. You know, put on uh, the belt of truth, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows that the evil of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then, the last line, which, you know, a lot of times we stop at, yep, I got the sword, the Word, and pray. That's what it says, last line. <clears throat> and pray in the Spirit, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. How are we going to change this country? How are we going to change your life? How are you going to change your family members? How are you going to change anything. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not a debate. Not that you can't and shouldn't speak up. But beyond that, we need to take prayer seriously. Need to take prayer seriously. Seriously. It says here, and pray in the Spirit. Now, do you pray in the Spirit? Now, I think I did this scripture again in uh, the Amplified. I'm going to read that last line in the Amplified. Okay, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. Pray at all times, in every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch the strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Our job is to pray for all God's people, all churches. There has never been a more important time for us to be praying that all of God's churches and people come together, and to be praying in the Spirit. Now, you say, I don't know how to pray in the Spirit, or I, I, don't, I don't have the gift of tongues. 
Well, that's not true, because you got that gift the same time you accepted Jesus. You just haven't used it, or you don't know how to use it. And I'm going to tell you right now, you need to learn how to use it, and you need to use it. And just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Praise God. Just hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. And let the Holy Spirit help you to pray in the Spirit. So when you bring somebody's prayer request before you, or if you have a book with all of them written down for the week, and you put your hand on that book and begin to pray in the Spirit, and I'm not talking about for three seconds. I'm talking about for time, period of time. The Holy Spirit will know what to pray for them and how to get that frequency of prayer to them so that they can receive victory over what you're praying for. Prayer is the most important thing we can do, and I think we all think we pray, but do we really set time apart to pray? Do you set times apart every day to pray? I recently was invited and am invited to someone's wedding that um, is actually in, in a mosque, and it's a Muslim wedding. And I started doing some research, and as much as you may not understand, or we may not understand that religion, they seriously pray. If if they're seriously practicing, it's five, six times a day or more that they set aside time to go pray. What about you? What about us? What about Christians who take life so gingerly? Oh, yes, our sins are forgiven. Yes, your name is written in the book of life. But what's your contribution now that you have known that? Are you contributing back to the Lord? How can you do that? By praying and praying in the Spirit. God gave us a gift. And I think a lot of Christians don't take prayer as serious as they should. The Word of God should never be off our lips. And people everywhere you go need prayer, don't they? Do you, I mean, literally, if you stand there listening to people at work around the coffee machine, if you have one, go to work still. A lot of people don't even go into work anymore. They just drink their coffee at home, right? But if you're listening to people tell you about their problems, and they will, people will all be willing to tell you how bad it is. So if you're listening to people tell you about your problems, then... You have the ability to say to them, would you like me to pray for a solution for that? How complicated is that? They just get done telling you how bad it was at home. Would you like me to put you in my prayer book so I can pray for you to get a resolution to that problem? Oh, no, no, I don't believe in that stuff. Okay. And you don't want me to pray for you. Yeah, I don't care what you do. Do you realize just by saying that, you're making them think, right? And they may ask questions. And now is your chance to answer them. Let me read to you from, um, let's see here, Philippians 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. When you pray... When you are, when Jesus is inside of us, the peace of God 
the calmness of knowing that a prayer is going to be answered. Do you, see, I think, I think that's the crux of it. Do you believe the prayer you just prayed absolutely, positively will be answered? Because that's what it means to have faith, that Jesus is doing it through you. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the redeemer. Jesus brings to us answers to prayer. He did that with the Father. He said to the Father that I only say what I hear you say. I only do what you tell me to do. How about you and I? Do you only do what Jesus tells you to do? Do you only hear what he says? In Matthew 18, 19, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth, okay, two of us, so I'm one, let's get one other, here on earth, I qualify, I'm still here, you here? Yep, okay. Two or of you on earth agree. Now there's a key. We got to agree on something about anything that they ask for. Wait a minute. Does that really say that? Matthew 18, verse 19. First of all, he's saying, verily, or again, truly, I tell you. That means listen. Listen to this. Jesus is talking. Listen, guys. Truly, I'm telling you, truly, I'm telling you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Can you dispute that? <clears throat> Are you disputing that? Do you believe prayer works? Okay, let's read this again. Hey guys, listen. If there's anything I'm going to tell you today that's true, of course I'm t saying it like maybe today, like Jesus was saying it. Hey, listen up. I'm going to tell you something absolutely true. Did you know that if two of you on earth agree on anything they ask for and ask for it, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. <coughs> What what don't we get? The believing part. You got to believe that. You got to believe it. You can't just. It's not. It's not a magic uh, flask or whatever with a genie in it. You know, it is Jesus talking, saying, "Get in agreement with another person. Ask for something. What are you asking for? I don't know, Art. I didn't." No, I was supposed to ask. I just want God to heal me. Well, that's what you're asking for. You're asking to be delivered, to be set free from something that's plaguing you, or you're asking for money to pay bills, or you're asking for peace and patience, but ask for something. Put your own name in the prayer book with what it is you're asking for and get someone anyone who can pray to agree with you. But you should get somebody you trust that you know believes. And that's the hard part. I think that's the hard part. 
I think the hard part is finding two believers who will agree and absolutely believe. And then if you do share with that prayer partner what it is you're praying for, they now have privileged information about you that they could tell other people and gossip, or they could keep it to themselves knowing that it's done as a special covenant between you and the person you're praying with. And we're expecting God to answer that prayer. That's the crux of it. You can't tell, if you're telling me you don't know if prayer works, you, you're telling Jesus what he said in Matthew 18, 19, you don't buy it. You don't buy it. So, I suggest, as we go to break, you take a minute to contemplate, are you praying? What are you praying for? How often are you praying? Are you praying in the Spirit? How can you do it better? And how can you watch miracles happen when you agree with others, knowing, knowing that when two or more agree, it's done by our Father in heaven? That's what it says. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Hey, we're back. And uh, on this program, we're talking about prayer. And we're talking about how prayer makes a difference. Does it make a difference for you? Do you absolutely purposefully pray every day for you and for others, knowing that that is what Jesus told us to do? Two or more agree. Now, if you're in a relationship, a marriage, or a partnership, or anything that is considered a relationship, and you have a, a prayer partner that will agree with you, then you have a very valuable thing. It is the most valuable to have a prayer partner who will agree with you on, in prayer and pray in the Spirit together, and also to pray individually, but to share prayer together, to have another person to agree with. Of all the people in the earth, all the amazing number of people, there has to be one that you can agree with and that agrees with you. That would be very important to your spiritual life. And if you're not setting aside time to pray, 
What are you doing? It, I mean, think about running around all day long, every day, being fed problem after problem from people that you know, being fed from the news, the radio, the whatever, all the garbage in, but never setting a time side, uh, setting aside time to pray, to agree in prayer, knowing knowing that God will take care of it. That was Matthew 18, 19 we read. Now I'm going to read Luke 11, 1 through 8, because this is the model prayer. Now it came to pass, he was praying in a certain place. Who? Jesus. When he ceased, that, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray. Obviously, this is important. You do it all the time. So here's Jesus separated. He's got his, his guys around him, but he's not praying with them because they're not ready yet to agree, to believe. They have to, they're still experiencing learning to believe. And he said, teach us to pray. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven. Now, of course, we made that into uh, our Father, who art in heaven. Father, who lives in the heavens. Holy, hallowed be your name. Holy. Sacred, special, be your name in my life. I'm making your name special. <clears throat> we, I really want your kingdom to come. The way you do it in heaven, I want it here. Your kingdom come. Your will. Your will, not mine. Not what I'm running around trying to get me every day. Your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. And by the way, give us this day our daily food, our daily bread, our daily money, our daily peace. Give us this day our daily bread. And please forgive us our sins. As for, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Do you do that? Do you forgive all those that owe you anything? And do not lead us. Oh, no, don't lead us into temptation. Don't tempt me. Oh, because you know I'm going to blow it. But deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Now and forever, right? <clears throat> so, we've made it into a prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day, really, blah, 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 blah. Slow down. Have a conversation with the 
author of the universe, the creator. I brought it up last week. Everybody wants to looking for aliens right now. How about the great alien who created us? You call him an alien. Why? Because you won't call him God? The great designer of the universe. He's out there. He's our father. He created us, stuck us on this planet and said, dominate, populate, and do it my way. And then Adam said, well, maybe this other way is better. How do we know if we don't try it? And here we are. So prayer. I'm not going to lose topic here because we're talking about prayer. All right, this is, um, where is this one now? I'm looking for where I, I must have not put the uh, scripture here, but this is, a friend comes at midnight. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend? Oh, this is a continuation of that last scripture. Which of you has a friend that goes to him at midnight and says to his friend, lend me three loaves. Now it's midnight. Everybody's asleep in the house. Bang, 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 knocking at the door. Hey, listen, I'm having an all-night party. Can you lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I got nothing to set before him and we're going to stay up all night and talk and eat? And he will answer and with, from within the person whose house you're knocking on and say, do not bother me now. The door is shut. I'm asleep. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give it to him because he is my yet his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Persistence. So what he's describing here is how to pray again persistently. You're knocking at a door any time of the day. It has nothing to do with the hours of operation of the bakery. You just care that you want three loaves, you want it now. I need my bills paid tonight, they're going to turn off the electric. I need my mortgage paid, they're going to evict me. I need a car paid because I, I need a car. Whatever. I need my health because I'm going to die. Whatever. Point is, we need to keep on knocking. Even though it was the wrong time, even though it was very inconvenient, Jesus is saying, <clears throat> continue to knock, continue to pray, and your Father will get it for you. It'll come. So if you don't see it immediately, if you don't see it instantaneously, keep knocking. Keep knocking, and it will be opened. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore speak. It's, I'm going to read it again. And since we have the same spirit of faith, 
according to what is written. We have the same spirit that Jesus had. The same spirit of faith of what was written. And I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. We are believers. We've got to believe what we're speaking, but we've got to speak. A lot of people think they're going to pray silently. Oh, I don't pray out loud. I, I just keep it to myself. It doesn't work. You got to pray out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And you got to say it and hear yourself say it. So pray and speak. Pray and speak. Matthew 9, 27 through 30. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men following him, crying out, saying, Son of David, mercy on us. First of all, blind men calling him son of David. That means they were, another word for that would have been Messiah. We know you're him. You're Messiah, son of David. Have mercy on us. Mercy. Hasid. They were having a certain kind of mercy where God's mercy endures forever. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. They were actually calling for God to honor his word. Son of David, Messiah, you're him. God said he would send you. Heal us. Have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came into him. So they walked right in after Jesus when he walked into the house. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? You called me son of David. Do you believe that I am able to do this? He's asking them a very serious question. And I'm asking you the same one. Do you believe what you're praying is going to happen? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Yes, son of David. Yes, Messiah. Remember, he hadn't yet died, so he hadn't gone to the cross. But they're calling him Messiah. Then he touched their eyes, saying, keep this in mind, Jesus is saying, he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your knocking at the door, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. Now, these guys believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Don't know where they, why they did, but they believed it. Son of David, Messiah, have Hasid. Hasid on us. Have mercy on us. And they went for the mercy because they knew that they would be healed because of the mercy of God. And Jesus pointed it out to them and said to them, Do you believe? Because if you don't believe, it ain't going to happen. That's what he said. And they said, Yes. And then they were healed question is, do you believe? What do you believe? Prayer is important. 
I think it's time, Christians, put aside time every day to pray. And if you don't do that, you're fooling only you. We need to do that. We need to pray. And we need to make it more serious. Luke 18, verse 5 through 8. Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest her continual coming she wearies me. So the, this widow is wearying this guy out. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Jesus is coming back. And this guy was complaining about this lady that was telling him about her problems. And the Lord said, Jesus, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith? So here's Jesus teaching faith, expecting you and I to use that faith. But when he comes back, he's asking a question, will I find it at work? Will he find at work faith working and you working it? Or will he be able, have to look at you and say, what are you doing with the gift I gave you? You buried it. You didn't even tell the, the people who asked you for prayer that you know how to pray. You keep silent. You can't do that. You can't bury the gift. So here in John, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that he, we have asked Him for. Now, I'm going to read it again slower. Now we have this confidence in Him. It's confident. We should have absolute confidence that if we have asked anything according to His will, we're right there. I know there's some religious people, and some people are going to say, well, see there, according to His will, it's got to be God's will. Wait a minute. Wait a freaking minute. God's will is to heal all. God's will is is that you don't suffer because you don't have enough money to pay for the bills. Read it in the book. So, don't, because, boy, there are a lot of people that, well, see right there, God may be using this sickness to teach me something. Really? He's going to use the devil's tools? God doesn't need to use anything from Satan. Do you get that? Satan is Satan. God is our Father. He loves you. We should have this confidence. Anything according to His will. What is His will? You better find out. It is not to wait. It is not to be sick. It is not to be broke, busted, sick, or disgusted. It is to preach the Word of God. Believe the Word. <coughs> Excuse me. To preach the Word of God. To believe the Word of God. And to teach the Word of God by demonstrating 
answered prayer in the way it works. And that is something that you and I need to be doing. Be about our Father's business. That's what we need to do. And we know He hears us. Whatever we ask, we know we know He hears us. We have to know that He hears us. There is no prayer that's not heard. Unless you're praying. Okay, so according to God's will. Out of His will would be you're praying a curse on someone. Or you're praying that they don't succeed, so you do. <clears throat> that... That would be wrong. That would be out of his will because now you're judging others. Here in Luke 18, 1 through 8, he spoke to them in parables. The men always ought to pray, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Okay? You're supposed to always pray and not lose heart, saying, saying with your mouth, there was a certain city, a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me and for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because of this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, least by her continual coming she wears me out. So she went to this guy and she's saying, this guy, I need help. And she kept wearing the guy out with the same thing, the same thing. Finally, he does something about it. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge did. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, through, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? That was what I read before, and I'm reading it again. That was uh, Luke 18, 1, 8. This is before I, I read Luke 18, 5 through 8. So I, I read more of it this time, and uh, I didn't include that first part. Sorry about that. But I tell you, he will avenge it. So God will avenge you. All you need to do is take it to him in prayer. Okay, this is 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. There you go. How about John 11, 40, 42? Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? This is at Lazarus's tomb, and they were challenging him. Oh, yeah, if you'd have been here sooner, he wouldn't be in the tomb. Where's our friend now that does all the miracles? He's dead. Three days. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Now listen. Father, I thank you that you have heard. How do you Father, thank you that you have heard me. And I know 
that you, I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing around me, I said this, that they may believe he who's that you sent me. So Jesus is now revealing what he's thinking to everyone standing around. So this is a dark moment. Lazarus is dead in the tomb. People are, are like really down about it because Jesus wasn't there to save them. Now he is there and he says, take that stone away. And they go, oh my God, he's going to stink. This is not a good thing. And then Jesus lifts his eyes up to heaven. And he says in front of everyone, who's our, everybody's listening, well, you could probably hear a pin drop. Father, Father, I know you always hear me. And I thank you that you have heard me right now. Can you imagine everybody around listening to that? And because of everyone listening to that, then when he said, Lazarus, come forth. But he already had reconciled it was going to happen. He wasn't standing there waiting to see if God heard him. He was picturing Lazarus walking out of the tomb. What are you picturing when you pray? Are you picturing good results? Are you picturing, I don't know if God heard my prayer? I know you always hear me. That's what Jesus said. Can you say that? Father, I know you always hear me. Practice doing that for a whole day. Father, I know that you always hear me. Father, I know that you always hear me. And then here in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that my prayers, thank you that you've always hear me. Thank you that you heard me today when I prayed. Thank you that that prayer is being answered right now. Thank you. Praise you. Thank 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 you. Praise you. Thank you. Praise you. Thank you that you hear my prayer. Thank you that my prayer is answered. Is that how you pray? All right, well, let's start to sum it up for today. 
We talked about prayer. We talked about, do you believe prayer? Do you believe God's hearing your prayer? Do you believe God is hearing your prayer? If not, why not? I think you need to read some of the scriptures. You need to know and repeat out loud, Father, I know that you always hear me. I know that you always hear me. You always, always, always hear me. And my prayers are answered, and I'm going to keep thanking you all day, all night, tomorrow, the next day, over and over and over again. And I'm going to thank you and praise you, and thank you and praise you. And I'm going to keep knocking. I'm not going away. I will until I will not leave my prayer mountain here. I am going to pray, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to receive, and I'm going to do it every single day, knowing that my Father, who art in heaven, who is holy, has heard my prayer, and he has given orders to all the angels to follow his words and answer my prayers. So I hope this has helped a little bit in the mode of prayer. This is the time of prayer. Pray for this country. Pray for your town. Pray for your family. Pray for everything. Spend time in prayer. And know that your Father, which art in heaven, hears your prayers and will answer them Because you keep on knocking. You keep on praying. Don't quit. And make sure you take time every day to pray. And I will talk to you again next week. I'm not sure what next week's topic is yet. I will tell you that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's the one thing you and I should be doing more of. So let's pray. And I'll talk to you next week. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.